Welcome to Enigma Zone. Today's episode is going to be about the Book of Enoch. I am going to read chapter 16 through chapter 25. If this is the first time you listen to Enigma Zone, welcome. Please check out my other episodes. I, well, same old thing. It's an amateur podcast, so let's just go ahead and get started. A quick disclaimer, I'm going into reading this book with a blindfold, basically. I do know some backstory about the Archangels, a little bit about the Watchers. Um, I know that this text was taken out of the Bible. It tells the story of Enoch, who's Noah's ancestor. Um, So after reading each chapter verbatim, I'm going to go ahead and give my interpretation of things. So I'm apologizing now if I miss some things or if I get some things or interpret some things incorrectly or mispronunciations, that's going to happen for sure. But I am just an amateur person reading the text. So without further ado, let's just go ahead and get started. Chapter 16. From the days of the slaughter and destruction and death of the giants, from the souls of whose flesh the spirits, having gone forth, shall destroy without incurring judgment, Thus shall they destroy until the day of the consummation. The great judgment in which the age shall be consummated over the watchers and the godless, yeah, shall be wholly consummated. And now as to the watchers who have sent thee Enoch to intercede for them, who had been aforetime in heaven, say to them, You have been in heaven, but all the mysteries had not yet been revealed to you, and you knew worthless ones. And these, in the hardness of your hearts, you have made it known to women. And through these mysteries, women and men work much evil on earth. Say to them, therefore, you have no peace. Chapter 17. And they took and brought me to a place in which those who were there were like flaming fire. And when they wished, they appeared as men. Interesting. Let me put a notation on there. Let me see. Okay. And they brought to me the place of and they brought to me to the place of darkness and to the mountain of the point of whose summit reached to heaven. And I saw the places of the luminaries and the treasuries of the stars and to the thunder and in the uttermost depths where were a fiery bow and arrows and their quiver and a fiery sword and all the lightnings. And they took me to the living waters and to the fire of the west, which receives every setting of the sun. And I came to the river of fire in which the fire flows like water and discharges itself into the great sea towards the west. I saw the great rivers and came to the great darkness and went to the place where no flesh walks. I saw the mountains of the darkness of winter and the place whence all the waters of the deep flow. I saw the mouths of all the rivers of the deep of the earth and the mouth of the deep. That's the end of that chapter. They're quite short. Let's see. Okay, let me go back. Okay, this is really fascinating. In chapter 16, it says, 
Enoch should basically tell the Watchers that you've been in heaven. You knew of things that were not very important that you should not have told humans, yet you did. We talked about this in the first five chapters. If you remember correctly, if you haven't heard that episode, check it out. I think I published it back in August. Um, the Watchers said, or fallen angels said to have taught human, uh, the human race things such as metallurgy. Let me go back. I'm flipping the page. Enchantments, astrology, constellations, the knowledge of the clouds, the signs of the earth, the signs of the sun, the course of the moon. This is basically like science. So that was one of the reasons why God was upset with the watchers, amongst other things, or the fallen angels, because they taught humankind these things that they were not supposed to know. So now... In this chapter 16, it basically says that, reiterates, because you, the Watchers, taught them these things, which, by the way, were kind of not a big deal compared to what you, what other things we are hiding. It just, it's fascinating. I've said in the first episode of the Book of Enoch recaps that I think, well, part of me thinks that you know, the theory of evolution is, I guess, the main thing that we all learn about and is backed up by science. But then also the theory of creation with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. I was thinking, what if they both existed at the same time? Let's say, I don't know if this is notated later on in this text, but we will find out eventually. But the thing is, you know, the fallen angels as far as I've read, were sent down to Earth to protect humans, but they decided to mate them and have babies, and they taught them all these things that they shouldn't have, and it led to a lot of evil on Earth. And that is the reason why God decided to use Noah to cleanse the Earth with the Great Flood, one of the reasons. So then... I was thinking, what if he, in the time of the Watchers, when this was all happening, at the same time, he created the Garden of Eden in a separate space, I guess, and there was born Adam and Eve. I don't subscribe to, to be honest with you, I've always subscribed to the theory of evolution, um, but I'm open-minded. I'm definitely open-minded. I'm not saying one is right than the other. Whatever you believe in, I respect. I find it fascinating. I want to think of, um, question things, everything, um, despite us, how crazy it might sound. So, I don't know, I just found this fascinating. This is chapter 16, paragraph 3. So, what else are they hiding? Imagine. Okay. Then chapter 17, where it says, they took and brought me to a place which those who were there were like flaming fire. When they wished, they appeared as men. So in the, right now, Enoch is having a vision. Um, 
where he meets the archangels and he meets God and he's there on trying to um, converse on behalf of the watchers who sent them. But now it says they appeared as men when they wanted. Are they angels? Are they like, I'm, I'm assuming they are and heavenly beings. And that's another thing that I've always thought about. Like, I feel like either God or the archangels or spiritual, heavenly, enlightened beings can manifest or even shape shift in, in, in different forms. And that goes across religions, across beliefs or whatnot. And this kind of alludes to that, I think, a little bit. What do you think? Enoch was then sent to the great rivers and came to a great river and the great darkness and went to the place where no flesh walks, basically where no human can walk or earthly being, whether that's human or animal. That's interesting. I wanted to cover something else really quickly. Let me see. It talks about the luminaries and the treasuries of the stars. I try to look up luminaries. For the most part, I have an idea of the definition of it, of that word. Um, all I can come up with was that it has to do with the sun and the moon. I try to, and that's, a sci I guess, a scientific approach. I try to look up luminaries of heaven or luminaries regarding Christianity or the Book of Enoch. Um, I couldn't bump into anything that would be helpful as of now. Maybe later on I can do more in-depth research. Okay. Let's move on to chapter 18. Chapter 18. I saw the treasuries of all the winds. I saw how he had furnished with them the whole creation and the firm of the foundations of the earth. And I saw the cornerstone of the earth. I saw the four winds which bear the earth and the firmament of the heaven. And I saw how the wind stretched out the vaults of heaven and had their station between heaven and earth. These are the pillars of heaven. I saw the winds of heaven which turn and bring the circumference of the sun and all the stars to their setting. I saw the winds on the earth carrying the clouds. I saw the paths of the angels. I saw at the end of the earth the firmament of the heaven above. And I proceeded, and I saw a place which burns day and night, where there are seven mountains of magnificent... Let me take this off. I put a little note. of magnificent stones, three towards the east and three towards the south. And as for those towards the east, one was of the colored stone and one of pearl and one of jacinth. And those towards the south were red stone. But the middle stone reached to heaven like the throne of God of alabaster, and the summit of the throne was of sapphire. And I saw a flaming fire, and beyond these mountains is a region the end of the great earth there the heavens were completed and i saw a deep abyss with columns of heavenly fire and among them i saw columns of fire fall which were beyond measure 
alike towards the height and towards the depth. And beyond the abyss, I saw a place which had no firmament of heaven above and no firmly founded earth beneath it. There was no water upon it and no birds, but it was a waste and a horrible place. I saw there seven stars like great burning mountains and to them when I inquired regarding them. The angel said, this is the place of the end of heaven and earth. This has become a prison for the stars and the host of heaven. And the stars which roll over the fire are they which have transgressed the commandment of the Lord in the beginning of their rising, because they did not come forth at their appointed times. And he was wroth with them and bound them to the time when their guilt should be consummated, even for 10,000 years. And that's the end of chapter 18. Okay. Okay, I've read parts of the Old Testament. I think I'm up until the book of Samuel, I want to say. I don't remember. I haven't read it in a while. And I've read some parts of the New Testament because I am curious. And in one of them, I wish I would have taken notes. But in one of the books in the Bible, I want to say in the New Testament, there, one of the prophets... um, talks about briefly about the throne of God and it they describe it being made of alabaster and sapphire Enoch also describes it of alabaster and sapphire in the book of Enoch and I actually questioned one of my friends about this she's very very religious um and she is a bible literist I'm not but she is and I I was surprised that she found some interest in the book of Enoch. She was looking to buy it online and read it for herself. She stated that one of her friends, who's a professor, he's also um, part of her church. They're very, they're quite religious. They're Baptist, I want to say. And they found it fascinating, the same thing I found, the fact that Enoch talks about God's throne being of alabaster and sapphire. And one of the prophets in the Bible also say that. Okay, people can argue, you know what, the Bible has been modified so many times, and it has. I personally, I'm not a Bible literist. Um, I think that's the right word. Like, I don't think everything the Bible says is exactly how it is. I do think it is a product of its time. Do I think there's some truth to it? I do think there's some truth to everything. Where there's smoke, there's fire, I, I always say. Um, I do think it's a product of its time. I don't doubt that people of that time where they were writing and rewriting it and modifying it might have inserted or taken out things that they saw fit for the, I don't want to say, maybe to influence the, the culture then, the society then. And that, that could be seen in the Book of Enoch. They took this text out because it was too controversial for them. But I am, um, anyway... And one could argue like, oh, well, maybe they just read the New Testament and then they added that in the book of Enoch that God's sapphire uh, throne was sapphire and alabaster. It does not, it could have been just a random person that was rewriting it or editing it, either text. But what if it's not? Thinking of it with a literal spiritual cap, could this be proof that Enoch's stories are 
right that he did have a vision and i talk about the the validity of a vision in with enoch and other people in my previous episode the episode two for the book of enoch recap but what if it is true what if this is further proof that what if they did meet god in some sort of dream or vision and they saw heaven and you know what i mean if people are trying to say oh the enoch book is maybe not part of the bible it's not real it's um what not but i mean what if it's <laughs> the, the ice scared me i'm drinking like a vodka soda and it clinked um do you know what i mean i don't know this is not going to be a cohesive review any of them honestly but I, I found that fascinating. I'm going to try to go back and maybe I'll ask her. And maybe next time uh, I can refer back to this part. But I found it fascinating. It's like, well, if I'm thinking with a spiritual cap on, I could say like, hey, this is proof that this is indeed true. How, what a coincidence that Enoch described God's throne as al alabaster and sapphire. And then a prophet in the New Testament did too. Obviously, I need to go back and look at the dates which both were created texts but i mean it could be a good theory i guess okay something else i wanted to talk about okay so enoch is taken to this place where where it burns day and night there are seven mountain magnificent stones let's see okay and the angel tells him this place is the end of the heaven and he says that basically those sinners are in this place. From what I've, the way inter, inter, I interpreted this was it was between heaven and earth. And then I was thinking, what if it's purg like purgatory? Um, as far as uh, I think the Catholic, um, Catholicism has it purgatory as it's a place where people go to um pay for their sins until they're ready to go to earth or elsewhere something along those lines give or take um so i was thinking what if that is it you know okay moving on to chapter 19 and uriel an archangel said to me here stands the angels who have connected themselves with women and their spirits assuming many different forms are defiling mankind and shall lead them astray into sacrificing to demons as gods. Here shall they stand till the day of the great judgment in which they shall be judged till they are made an end of. And the women also of the angels who went astray shall become sirens. And that's fascinating. And I, Enoch, alone saw the vision, the ends of all things, and no man shall see as I have seen. Okay, so chapter 19, we get to hear about sirens and a place that's kind of purgatory. Like, let me take out my phone because I wanted to read something to you that I found online. Okay, purgatory according to belief of some Christians, mostly Catholics, is an intermediate state after physical death for expiatory purification. There's a dis disagreement among Christians where such state exists. Let's see. The Catholic Church holds that all who die in God's grace and friendship but is still imperfectly purified undergo the process of purgatory. 
purification, sorry, which the church calls purgatory, so as to achieve the holiness necessary to enjoy the, the joy of heaven. So that's interesting. Okay, so something else I wanted to... Oh, the sirens. Okay, so apparently sirens, you think of mermaids because of other cultural mythologies out there. But I was searching sirens and Christianity, and this is what I came up with via Wikipedia. <laughs> it's a pretty decent source, okay? So it's not super, you know, okay. But <laughs> it says... Where is it? Well, basically, they describe sirens as being women who are either in some mythologies, I think from what I found regarding Christianity, are either women who are either evil or seductresses who take advantage and kind of lure men. So basically, what Uriel told Enoch was that all the wives that the watchers took who laid with them, even though they shouldn't have are going to become sirens. Sorry if you heard that. I put my phone down. But this thing picks everything up. So that's interesting. Well, let's see if there is more about it later on. Okay, chapter 20. Yes. And these are the names of the holy angels who watch the archangels. Uriel, one of the holy angels who watches over the world and over Tartarus. Yo, Tartarus is in Greek mythology, isn't it? Am I wrong? Let me put a little notation. I'll look at it for it later. Okay. Raphael, one of the holy angels who is over the spirit of men. He's my favorite. I like all the archangels, but he's my favorite. I think as I he was the first one I found out about. Okay. Regal, one of the holy angels who takes vengeance on the world of illuminaries. Michael, one of the holy angels to wit... He that is set over the best of part of mankind and shows choose what and over chaos. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm going to mispronounce this one. Sarakiel, one of the holy angels who is set over the spirits who sin in the spirit. Gabriel, one of the holy angels who is over paradise and separates no and serpents and the cherubim. I thought the cherubim were like the closest protectors of God physically. Hmm. This is, I think this is the first time I read that Gabriel watches or is like kind of like in charge over them. Ramiel, the other archangel, one of the holy angels whom God set over those who rise. So that's their this brief description or characterization in the book of Enoch. I know that Raphael is God's healing hand god's medicine he's the angel of healing um i know gabriel is the angel of communication amongst other things and michael is a protector i'm familiar with those three this is the first time that i learn i'm learning more about the others but that's chapter 20 entirely chapter 21 and i proceeded to where things were chaotic and i saw there something horrible i saw neither a heaven above nor a firmly founded earth but a place chaotic and horrible and there i saw seven stars of heaven bound together in it like great mountains and burning with fire 
when I first read this, that he saw seven stars, I thought like seven, seven archangels. Those are the seven archangels. But then I was like, no, because then he describes them as being in a way kind of bound in this horrible place. And then I thought back to the Watchers, who's like Semjaza and Azazel. Um, but there's more than seven. So maybe it is, I don't know if it's just like random, I don't know, sinners or it, they are the Watchers or, okay. Then I said, for what sin are they bound and on what account have they been cast in hither? Then said Uriel, one of the holy angels who was with me and was chief over them and said, Enoch, why dost thou ask and why art thou eager for the truth? These are the number of the stars of heaven, oh, okay, which have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and are bound here till 10,000 years. The time entailed by their sins are con consummated. Hmm. These are the stars of heaven. I need to look that up later. Interesting. Okay. And from thence I went to the another horrible place, which was still more horrible than the former. And I saw a horrible thing, a great fire there which burnt and blazed, and the place was cleft as far as the abyss, being full of great descending columns of fire. Neither its extent or magnitude could I see, nor could I conjecture. Then I said, how fearful is the place, and how horrible, how terrible to look upon. Then Uriel answered me, one of the holy angels who was with me, and said unto me, Enoch, why hast thou such fear and affright? And I answered, because of this fearful place and because of the spectacle of pain. And he said unto me, this place is the prison of the angels, and here they will be imprisoned forever. Oh. I'm assuming it's not the good kind of angels now, maybe the ones that are... The ones that have um, forsaken God. Chapter 22. And thence I went to another place, and he showed me in the west another great and high mountain and of hard rock. And there was in it four hollow places, deep and wide and very smooth. How smooth are the hollow places and deep and dark to look at. Then Raphael answered, one of the holy angels who was with me and said unto me, these hollow places have been created for this very purpose, that the spirits of the souls of the dead should assemble therein. Yeah, the souls, or ye, it says Y-E-A. Yay? Yay. I think it's yay. Uh, okay. Yea, that all the souls of the children of men should assemble here. And these places have been made to receive them to the day of their judgment and to their appointed period, to the period appointed, till the great judgment comes upon them. I saw the spirits of children of men who were dead and their voice went forth to heaven and made suit. Then I asked Raphael, the angel who was with me, and I said unto him, This spirit whose is it whose voice goes forth and maketh suit? And he answered me, saying, This is a spirit which went forth from Abel, whom his brothers Cain slew, and he makes his suit against him till his seed is destroyed from the face of the earth, and his seed is annihilated from amongst the seed of men. 
So this is like heaven, right? It says the dead souls of children of men. And then Abel. Interesting. And the way they describe these hollow places. So in one of them, they hold the children of men. And one of them has Abel, who was killed by his brother Cain in the Old Testament. Um, there's another hollow place. There's several. So I'm thinking, does this kind of give credence to the theory that there are multiple heavens or more precisely levels of heaven, at least in the Christianity Catholic version of things? Okay. Then I asked regarding it and regarding all the hollow places, why as one separated from the other? And he answered me and said unto me, These three have been made that the spirit of the dead might be separated. And such a division has been made for the spirits of the righteous, in which they're as bright as spring water. Okay, so what do you guys think? I mean, I need to make an email so you guys can send me your thoughts and school me. I'm willing to learn just nicely. Um so, okay, there's different hollow places. I would equate them with little, different little heavens, um, rooms of heavens or um, levels of heavens or categories of it. For the spirits of the righteous in which they're as bright as spring water. Wow, and such has been made for sinners when they die and are buried in the earth and judgment has not been executed on them in their lifetime. Wow, so yes, guys, there is. Well, you know, if we're taking the book literally, um, there is different sections in heaven. There's a section for sinners where... Um, They're in great pain till the great day of judgment and punishment comes. So yeah, sorry, I, and now I'm back. So like I was saying, there's some for sinners, there's others for angels that are in pain and they're there for eternity. And there's others for children of men who aren't described to be entirely righteous and good but really not bad either more like normal people i guess it's crazy and such has been made for sinners when they die and are buried in the earth and judgment has not been executed onto them in their lifetime that's pretty cool let's hope that's the truth <laughs> For the sake of all the horrible people out there. Okay, let's continue on. Here their spirits shall be set apart. Okay, I think I read that already. No, I didn't. Okay, continuation. Chapter 22, paragraph 11. Here their spirits shall be set apart in this great pain to the great day of judgment and punishment and torment of those who curse forever. And retribution for their spirits. There he shall bind them forever. And such a division has been made for the spirits of those who make their suit, who make dis disclosures concerning their destruction when they were slain in the days of the sinners, 
Such has been made of the spirits of men who were not righteous, but sinners who were complete in transgression, and the transgressors. They shall be companions, but their spirits shall not be slain in the day of judgment, nor shall they be raised from thence. Then I shall then I blessed the Lord of glory and said, Blessed be my Lord, the Lord of righteousness, who ruleth forever. Wow. That's fascinating. Chapter 23. From thence I went to another place, to the west of the ends of the earth, and I saw burning fire which ran without res resting and paused not from its course day or night, but ran regularly. And I asked, saying, What is this which rests not? Then Regal, one of the holy angels who was with me, answered me and said unto me, This course of fire which thou hast seen in the fire in the west, which per persecutes all the luminaries of heaven. So luminaries of heaven seems to have a negative connotation. I feel bad that I don't have more information or really clarification of what they are. And I can't seem to find a clear one on the internet regarding like spirituality and like Christianity. Um, okay, moving on. Chapter 24. And from thence I went to another place of the earth, and he showed me a mountain range of fire which burnt day and night. And I went beyond it, and saw seven magnificent mountains all differing from each other. And the stones thereof were magnificent, beautiful, magnificent as whole of glorious appearance as and fair, fair exterior. Sorry. Three towards the east, one founded on the other, and three towards the south, one upon the other, and deep rough ravines, no one of which joined with any other. And the seventh mountain was in the midst of these, and it excelled them in height, resembling the seat of a throne, and the fragrant trees encircled the throne. The throne of God on earth? And amongst them was a tree, such as I have never smelt, neither was any amongst them, nor were others like it. It had a fragrance beyond all fragrance, and its leaves and blooms and wood wither not forever. And its fruit is beautiful, and its fruit resembles the dates of a palm. Then I said, How beautiful is this tree, and fragrant, and its leaves are fair, and it blooms very delightful in appearance. Then answered Michael, one of the holy and honored angels who was with me and was their leader. This is the tree of life, the tree of knowledge. Okay, let's read the last one, chapter 25. And he said unto me, Enoch, why dost thou ask me regarding the fragrance of the tree, and why dost thou wish to learn the truth? Then I answered him, saying, I wish to know about everything, but especially about this tree. So Enoch is basically like a lot of us. He wants to learn. And he answered, saying, This high mountain which thou hast seen, whose summit is like the throne of God, is his throne, where the Holy Great One, the Lord of glory, the eternal King, will sit when he shall come down to visit the earth with goodness. And as far as for this fragrant tree, no mortal is permitted to touch it, 
till the great judgment when he shall take vengeance on all and bring everything to its consummation forever. It shall then be given to the righteous and holy. Its fruit shall be for food to the elect. It shall be transplanted to the holy place, to the temple of the Lord, the eternal King. Then shall they rejoice with joy and be glad. And into the holy place shall they enter. And its fragrance shall be in their bones. And they shall live a long life on earth, such as their fathers lived. And in their days shall no sorrow or plague or torment or calamity touch them. Then blessed I, the God of glory, the eternal King, who hath prepared such things for the righteous, and hath created them, and promised to give them. Okay, so this is either the tree of life. I think it's the tree of life. I was thinking about the tree of knowledge. Is this like the Garden of Eden? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> No mortal can touch it until, what? Okay. No, no mortal is permitted to touch it to the great judgment when he shall take vengeance on all and bring everything into consummation. They shall live a long life on earth. Okay, he says, this is the throne of God on earth when the, when the great one lord of glory eternal king will sit is this jesus christ they're talking about i mean it could be the god the father um but it's a throne on earth and no mortal can touch it until he brings he comes down to earth and blesses everything with goodness and he takes vengeance and i'm not very familiar with jesus christ I grew up as a Catholic, and basically, I know of him. But even as, this is a disclaimer, like, not even a disclaimer, what am I saying? Like, a separate tangent. Even as a kid, I rem remember going to church with my parents every Sunday. I really didn't understand it. I was pretty little. Um, I just remember them, you know, kind of explaining briefly what, who Jesus was and how important he was. But it never. I never connected with Catholicism, with anything with god with G i don't understand it more than anything and i think now that i'm older i'm kind of coming around to wanting to learn and going through a semi spiritual awakening i want to say <laughs> so and i began reading the bible like i said because i'm curious but i'm jesus christ's stories in the new testament i'm still like barely in the old testament and there's a lot of it so i know I think what most people, whether they're religious or not, or spiritual or not, know about Jesus Christ. But I'm thinking, reading this right now, isn't that what Jesus Christ is basically like the end game in the New Testament? The fact that he is crucified, but he comes again or and is taken to heaven and will one day come back? I haven't read that part of the um, Revelation. I should. But um, I don't know. It reminds me a lot of... Is that who they're talking? It could be the God, the Father. But it, I don't know. I just find it interesting that it says it's basically the throne of the Holy One, the Great One, the Eternal King in on Earth. And that no man can touch this tree, which I think is a tree of life until he comes and 
blesses everyone, I guess, comes back. Let me see. I wanted to sh see something. Okay, where is it? Actually, did look it up briefly. Okay, the tree of life. There is a reference to the tree mentioned by Enoch. In the book of Enoch, Enoch was the seventh son of Adam and the grandfather of Noah. The book of Enoch was omitted from the Bible. Um, okay, in the book of Enoch, the angels were showing Enoch the different locations around the earth where the angels, tetraploids, humans resided. During one stop, Enoch noticed that a tree had an overpowering yet pleasant odor. He was drawn to this tree. This is a tree that Michael showed to Enoch and told him that the tree was guarded because of all mankind was to be deprived of this tree by God. We must remember that the tree and plant do not have different connotations in this context. That is to say that the tree could be merely plant or even fungus as is described in the secrets. Oh, interesting. So basically it is the throne of God. And I'll, I'll tell you where I re I'm reading this from in a bit. Okay, so they basically confirmed it is the Tree of Life. This is from The Secrets of the Pink Kush by William H. Is this a book? Yes, it's a book. Maybe I should... Let me take a screenshot of it. Maybe I can read it. Okay. So it is the Tree of Life. Interesting. Okay, well, let me know. This is going to be the end of this episode. I want to see if I can make an email. If you guys can email me your thoughts on your own... I want to learn i want to know what you think of the book of enoch if you've listened to it or what you thought about what i've read hopefully i'm not too dreadful but um thank you for listening and i'll talk to you soon i will continue on with chapter 26 the next time around bye